Yeah, so thank you guys for coming today. Uh, for my birthday, I know that's, yeah, that's for the reason we're here today, right? Yeah. No, I, uh, I do appreciate that you guys are all here, uh, that you could be with me to worship Jesus today. And so, uh, especially invited some of you, and i and, uh, so glad that you guys are here. Um, so, many of you uh, know that I, I went to Canada last week on a fishing trip, and uh, some of you, you, you probably think I'm going to put up a picture of a big fish I caught, right? You know, I, not that I would ever do that or anything, but you're wrong. I'm not putting up a, p- a picture this week. So I'm 50 now, I've matured past those things, <laughs> and I'm not going to do that kind of thing. Um, I was, I'm a little cold, though, this morning, I don't know, the air conditioning. I thought I might be, so I just threw a t-shirt in today. Um, that I thought I'd put on in case I got cold or something. So I'm put this on real quick and what shirt? Oh, yeah, it is that shirt I got for catching a walleye that's at least 28 inches or bigger at the camp. I didn't even realize that was the shirt. Wow, that's crazy. But yeah, but I am way more mature than putting pictures up on the screen. I just wouldn't do that, but. I feel a little better now. I'm not so cold, so that's good. I'm going to take this off. That's it. <laughs> I know. I'm, it's crazy. I'm cheap. Um, so, um, 50 today. Uh, I'd actually like you to say I'm seven and a seventh. I'm going to start going by dog years now in, instead of uh, human years, so it's not so old. But, um, but as I was thinking, thinking about... Okay, what do I talk about? And today is actually my birthday. What do I talk about on my 50th birthday? And, and immediately, as I thought about this, I've been thinking about it for a while, I need to talk about God's grace. Uh, God has been so good to me uh, during my life, and, and uh, I really can't fathom why. He's been so good to me, and, uh, and so I, I just uh, I think, you know, let's remind everybody of God's grace today. And so that's what we're going to do. And so let me just talk about God's grace a little bit. Um, you know, a typical definition that you hear for grace is God's unmerited or undeserved favor. And that's a good definition. But I, I kind of want to share my version of that. And uh, uh, Dan's version of grace is that God loves us so much that he's willing to accept us back into his family, even though he had every right to throw us out permanently. And to me, that's what God's grace is all about. That's God's grace. And so we don't do anything to earn it. He doesn't force it on us, but he's freely offered it to us. And so Ephesians 2, kind of a classic chapter on God's grace. And and so I want to read just a couple verses from that. Verse 4 and 5 says, However, God is rich in mercy. He, He brought us to life with Christ while we were dead as a result of those things that we did wrong. He did this because of the great love that he has for us. You are saved by God's grace. And uh, that's just so awesome and incredible to me to think about that. We, we were dead spiritually because of the things that we did wrong. And that's called sin. But God still wants to save us. And so not because, like I said, not because we're good enough, not because we've earned it, but because he loves us. Um, Philip Yancey in his book called Grace said this, Grace does not depend on what we have done for God, but rather what God has done for us. 
Ask people what they must do to get to heaven, and most reply, be good. Jesus' stories contradict that answer. All we must do is cry, help. I like that. God has said, you know, here's the offer. I'm not going to force it on you, but I love you enough to bring you home if you just ask for help. And I'm blown away at how much God has taken care of me through the years. And, and so today, more than anything, as I look back on my first 50 years of life, on 27 years of full-time ministry, I just want to share some of my favorite stories of grace. And, and so I, I set this table up here today, and so it can just be a little more informal type time. I'm going in and out a little bit. So, um, so I have just some kind of different areas that I want to walk through. And I thought I'd one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably. Was it you, Jake? He said somebody pranked you on your birthday. Um, so, first of all, God's grace is this. It's, it's unconditional. Uh, God has offered this grace to everyone. Okay, and God has, has never stopped loving me. He will never stop loving you. And we need to know and understand that. And so here's the deal. There is nothing that we could do that would make God love us any more. And nothing that we could do that would make God love us any less. And, and, and that is because God is love. Okay, that, that defines God. It's just a, a matter of how we respond to that love. And so 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends... Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not love, know God, because, and catch this part, God is love. God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might love, live through him. Max Lucado, uh, in his book on grace, says, If you fear you've written too many checks on God's kindness account, drag regrets around like a broken bumper, huff and puff more than you delight in rest, and most of all, if you wonder whether God can do something with the mess of your life, then grace is what you need. That's so awesome. It, God's grace is unconditional. And, and that is me. I, I need God's grace, and, and we all need God's grace. So, so to start with, I want to just tell you guys a little bit about my journey. And I know several of you have heard this um, multiple times, but I think it's kind of important just to kind of set the stage for how God kind of helped shape me. And so I grew up in the church. My mom and dad were, were Christians and very involved. As we were the family that when the doors were open, uh, we were there. And uh, my dad was an elder in the church. My mom did all kinds of things. She sang and played the organ and and so, you know, I was very fortunate to grow up in a Christian family. Um, my faith, I don't think, became my own faith completely until I went to college, though. And uh, uh, I went to college to basically uh, play football and, and hopefully have, have a major that I could make a lot of money someday. That's where my priorities were. I was a business major. And, but God was working on me. He was working on me and, and uh, had kind of my, my, my football friends over here, but I got involved in a campus ministry, and uh, God was uh, kind of working on me through that and, and, and just feeling like, man, that I, I gotta, something's got to change here. 
And so through my freshman year, I kind of did both sides, kind of was walking both sides of the fence. And then my sophomore year, came back to school, and, and uh, we were playing a game. And during that game, a, a friend of mine, his name was Darren Dracade, he was in our, my same grade, he was a linebacker on our team, and he was having the game of his life. He was making tackles, he was all over the field, and uh, in the third quarter, he collapsed. And, and he never regained consciousness again. He, they found out he had an enlarged heart and uh, basically exploded. Uh, he didn't know that he had a defect. And, and so um, that was the end of the game. It's just a, a terribly hard thing for the team. And we had the funeral, and the next week we got back together, and the coach said, hey, you guys need to meet as a team. There's no coaches there. And, and it just felt like God was just working, speaking to me, saying, Dan, you need to tell these guys that you're a Christian. And uh, as I thought about Derringer's life, you know, we were friends, but I had never talked to him about his faith, and so I didn't know where he was faith-wise. And, and I just felt like, man, Dan, you're, if, if you're going to do this thing, you need to jump all in or not do it at all. And, and so, uh, you know, for the last year, God had been working on my heart, and this was kind of the defining moment if I look back. We're in this meeting, I feel like God's saying, you need to say something. And, and I was scared to death. But I got up and said, guys, I just want you to know I'm a Christian. If anybody wants to talk about uh, their faith, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. And, and for me, that was a moment I never looked back. And, and, and it's not like the whole team became Christians, but, but, but I had some awesome uh, conversations after that. And, and it was after that time that I began feeling this tug towards full-time ministry, and so uh, I, I worked with that campus ministry and did an internship there and then ended up going into ministry and doing campus ministry in Iowa, and so here I am um, 27 years later, and it, it's the best decision I, I've ever made. I've never looked back on that, but I came to the point of realizing God's love for me, okay? I, I just hadn't responded fully to that love. I knew about it. Uh, I had heard it my whole life, but I had to get to the point of saying, this is for me, not just for my parents. And that led me down the path I'm in. And so I really experienced God's unconditional grace while I figured things out. And so that's, that's the first thing. The second thing I wanted to talk about was God's protecting grace today. Uh, God's grace watches over us and protects us. And, and I want to be a little careful about how I talk about this. Um, God's protective grace does not mean that, that we won't ever have anything bad happen to us, right? Uh, we live in a, in a fallen and, and sinful world, and, and there's bad stuff. And some stuff we, we don't understand, like why did this happen? Or how did God allow this to happen? And, and that's hard, um, and I don't think we can fully understand from our you know, human perspective what God's big plan looks like. Second uh, Corinthians 4, 8, and 9, it, it, it reminded the church with these words, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Uh, and, and so he's reminding the church that God's with you. And if you think about it from, from the Christian perspective, we have a perfect eternity waiting for us. Okay, we know that. Uh, right now, there's going to be hard times, but God is going to be with us through those times. Um, and I saw God's protection. I wanted to 
to share uh, probably my biggest protection story with you. I, I, when I worked in campus ministry in Iowa, uh, I was at Iowa State for four years, and then I started this campus ministry at the University of Iowa. And we had a, a board of directors that oversaw both ministries, and we would have meetings, and, and people from around the state, the board, we would gather, uh, usually in a central place. And, and uh, one time, it was in the winter, we are having an all-day kind of planning meeting, and uh, during the day, we didn't realize there had been some freezing rain and ice that came down. And so we, when we went home that night, um, we uh, were driving, and our campus ministry usually had old vans, and this was an old van that, that we were in. And the tires weren't very good at this time. They, they needed replaced. And so I was driving, and then the, another staff member was with me and one of our board members, and got onto the interstate, and it was, it was nighttime, and, and I was driving. I went to, to go get in the passing lane, and the van started. I lost control of the van. And so I was going one way, and then I'd go another way, and I was kind of doing this down the interstate. And then finally, I, I lost control. I went to the middle, to the median, and it wasn't very wide at this point, and I was going right towards a semi, a huge semi. And... and uh, in that moment, it's almost like it slowed down. It's hard to describe, but I knew that that was the end of our lives. Uh, we were prepared to hit this semi head on. And I still can't explain it except that it was God, but it was like God took the wheel. I wasn't in control and yanked the wheel over and we drove back onto our side of the road and I was able to slow down, didn't hit anything, nothing happened. And we went on our way. And uh, I really believe that was God, either through an angel or God took that wheel and got us back onto the road. And so we drove in silence for about 10 minutes and we were all kind of in shock. And then uh, finally the, the board member broke the silence by saying, yeah, I'll buy some tires for this van when we get back to town. <laughs> I said, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, so God's grace is protecting. God's grace is also patient. And God has been so patient with me, and, and, and uh, I'm so thankful for that because I'm a pretty slow learner at times. Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is patient. Probably my favorite story of God's patience over the years is the story of Lester. And this is Lester in the middle here. And, and I just want to tell Lester's story. Again, a lot of you know this, but it's so awesome. Um, Lester lived here near the church. And uh, for a lot of years, different people kind of talked to Lester, helped take care of Lester, and... Uh, uh, Jeff and Debbie would, would feed Lester. Jeff would check on Lester every day. And Lester started coming to church. Hadn't been in church, he said, since he was like 9 or 10 years old. And uh, he, he was, um, well, probably, I'm not sure when he started coming, maybe 97, something like that. And had some conversations with Lester uh, over the years. And he never fully responded to Jesus. And uh, 
And I, I really feel like it was a, a community thing that, that so many people loved on Lester. But one day I went over to Lester's house, and he was 99 years old at this point, and sometimes he, would, he was losing it a little bit, and so I uh, prayed for clarity for Lester. went over there, I went with Sherry Ross, and we were talking to him, and, and just asking Lester questions, and talking about Jesus, and, and I remember saying to Lester, Lester, uh, how come you haven't given your life fully to Jesus and been baptized? What, what's holding you back? And Lester uh, looked at me and said, oh, I should have done it a long time ago. And I just said, Lester, it's never too late. It's never too late. And I said, do you want to do it today? And he said, yeah, let's do it today. And so that night, we came up here to the church, and uh, some family and or friends, uh, friends were here, and Jeff and I had the privilege of baptizing Lester into Christ, and and that smile you saw there is the biggest smile I've ever seen Lester have in his life. And so at 99 years old, God welcomed Lester into his kingdom. And, and uh, he didn't make it to 100. About three months later, Lester passed away. And, and we still celebrate. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I saw a, a, a post on Facebook this week, and they were talking about a lady that was 94 when she was baptized. And I said, oh, we got that beat. We got Lester. <laughs> he was 99. So God's grace is patient. And then God's grace is, is transforming. It's transforming. Um, God's grace and his love have the power to change lives. Uh, Jennifer Carter, in her book, Woman of Courage, said, When you truly realize what God has done for you, his love, grace, and forgiveness begin to transform every area of your life. I love 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So God takes our, our kind of yucky selves and, and he makes, them, makes us clean again. And, and he just transforms us into a new creation. And I've seen some awesome stories of God's transformation over the years. I want to tell you a couple. Um, one is about my buddy Ed Davidson. And Ed uh, from, er, lived in my hometown of Grinnell. When I went back there after campus ministry, I served in my home church for five years. And he was married to a, a girl in my, that I grew up with in church. And Ed was a super great guy. And he would do anything for anybody, but, but he was rough around the edges. And uh, got to know Ed, and, and uh, Ed had a, a struggle. Um, he, he was an alcoholic, and uh, Ed was the kind of alcoholic that he couldn't have one beer, because if he had one beer, he'd have 36 beers or more. And, and so um, he, we... Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with Ed. He was going to go on a mission trip to Taiwan with us, and um, but he he just kind of was still struggling with this. And one day uh, after work, he didn't come home, and and his wife and I started to go look for him. And we looked in some of the bars where he 
he would usually be when he would struggle with this, and he wasn't there, but he'd been there, and he'd been here, and, and uh, we couldn't find him, and so we went back home finally, and, and uh, he had somehow made it home, and he was in a bad state, and I tried to talk to him then, but that wasn't the time, and, but later we talked, and, and uh, you know, just said, Ed, we, you know, I want you to go on this trip, but we've got to get this taken care of, and he did. And uh, had the, the privilege of baptizing Ed into Christ. And, and uh, yeah, it's been beautiful and amazing to see Ed. And he's been sober now for 12 or 13 years. And, and God has transformed his life. And, and he's still a little rough around the edges, but I love him. And, and, and he is, God has used him to reach out to many people since that time. God transforms us. One other story, one of my favorite stories, is uh, a guy named Levi, and many of you know Levi, and he came here, and uh, I forget how he started coming here for a while, but, you know, Levi had tattoos everywhere, and kind of had his head down when he came in, almost like he, he knew he was going to be judged, and uh, one of the things that he talked about from the beginning was that he did not feel judged here, and uh, some of you even showed him your tattoos, I think, and, and, and so he felt like, yeah, this is a place that I can be a part of, but, but Levi, and, and we even uh, baptized Levi uh, at one point, but he still struggled. He struggled with drugs and alcohol, and he, he fell off several times, and uh, he'd kind of disappeared for a while, and, and uh, one day he came back and, and uh, talked to me and said, Dan, uh, I know that you, you might not believe me, um, but I, there's a program that I, I heard about in the Springfield or Branson area, actually, and they, they help you. They get, help you get a job, and, and uh, you know, it's a year-long program, and I, I want to try this. It's $600 to, to be, you know, get into the program. I have 300 Is there any way that your church could help me with the other 300 And, and uh, we decided, yeah, uh, we'll do this, and, and uh, you know, you, you figure that this may not help, but it was worth a try, and we prayed for him, and Levi did great. He made it through the program, he got a job, he got married, uh, he's going to school now, and he's involved in his church, and Levi will get a hold of me occasionally and, and, and say, Dan, I couldn't have done this without your church, and, and he was so thankful, and and he came back and gave us a, a nice gift to help the church. And he's just so thankful for what this church did for him. But I'm just so thankful for what God has done in Levi's life. He's transformed him. And, and, and uh, he wants to transform each of us. And that doesn't just stop at one time, right? Okay, God is continuing to work and, and, and uh, transform our lives as we go through. We're all works in progress, right? I am a work in progress. And, and God, God's grace continues to transform me. And the cool thing is, it's not just a past thing. God's grace is still working today. Okay, it doesn't run out. And, and he's continuing to offer it to people all over the world. And, and just in the last couple of months here at Fur Road, I, it's been so fun to see how God's grace is, is transforming. Um, you know, I think about people like David and Christy Quick and, 
and uh, they came to a point they live out here by the church but hadn't gone to church in a long time and and uh, just decided hey it's time and I got to to baptize Christy and they they joined the church together and and they're jumping in and serving and you might notice around the outside of the buildings looking really nice David's been working on that and doing a great job and Christy's jumped in she's making coffee and and, and God has transformed them and is continuing to do so. Or a family like Gary and Brandy Goodson who, who decided, hey, we want to change the course of our family and, and we want to, to do things differently. And, and I got to baptize them. And Gary has jumped in and he's helping to, to do different things in the church and, and their kids are getting a new, a new life in Christ. Their son, Keegan, went to camp last week. He's nine and and he, they were nervous about it, and he loved it. God is transforming lives. And then just last Sunday night, we had the, the privilege of having a, a service to, and I got to baptize Stacy Johnson. Uh, who, Stacy's not here this morning, but her, her family is. And, and this is her, and, and she was ready. She said, I, it's time that I, I give everything over to Christ. And, and so she... Uh, they, they originally knew the, the Cantrell family, and it's kind of neat to hear the whole background story that's led them to this point, and people that have inputted into their lives, and God is transforming Stacy, and that's so exciting to me. It's not a one-and-done thing, okay? Like I said, it's an ongoing thing. Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So we all need to keep growing in God's grace. And so, last thing I want to say is that God's grace simply is truly amazing. Okay, when it's all said and done, the old hymn is so true. So true. God's grace is simply amazing. And the worship team's going to come forward and, and get ready. And we're going to start leading into a, a time of taking the Lord's Supper together. But Francis Chan said in his book, uh, Crazy Love, maybe some of you have read that book, but he says, In the midst of our failed attempts at loving Jesus, his grace covers us you catch that? In the midst of our failed attempts at loving Jesus, His grace covers us. Okay, we, we don't do a very good job, a lot of us, or at times, at loving Jesus like He's loved us. But you know, God has continually said to Dan, Dan, there's nothing that you can do in your life to, to make me love you any less. And, and He's saying that to you guys also. And, and I've, I've said it many times, you guys have heard me say it, it you aren't defined by your sin. We tend to define ourselves by, by our sin. We are defined by who we are in Jesus Christ. And we need to remember that. That's what defines us. So last week when I was in Canada, uh, believe it or not, my, my times when I, I, I was closest to God, when I really had some worship times, were when I was in my bed at night, and uh, we were in a cabin, and it would cool at night, uh, upper 50s, it was so awesome. I'd had the, the, the window open in our, our bedroom, and the way my bed was facing, uh, when we went to bed, I could see the, 
the moon, and it was a big moon that was shining down, and there were stars everywhere. And I'd been kind of thinking about this this message and and sharing about God's grace, and and, and I was laying there. Um, there's a a bird up there. It's called a loon, and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen a loon or heard of it. Uh, it's a beautiful bird, but uh, it has a a call that's it's just amazing. It's almost like a sad call. You you could listen to it later. The the call of the loon, but uh, but I could hear the loons uh, calling. Uh, they're out on the water. It's it's a a bird that they have a hard time flying really. So it takes a long time for them to get up. So if you drive along and you see the loon, they dive down, and, and they'll come up like a hundred yards later. They can swim really well. And so I'd be I was just laying there looking at the moon, looking at the stars, and the breeze is coming in, you know, I had to cover up with a blanket, and, and I, I was just praising God, and just thinking about, man, God's grace is so good, so amazing, and I don't deserve it, but God has said, you know what, I love you, Dan, I love you so much. And so as, as we get ready for, for communion today, as we sing, I, we take an offering. Oh, and also the cups. We have some baskets at the back of the church, so on your way out, you can just drop your cup in the basket. Uh, we take an offering every week, and if you are a guest here, you are not expected to, to put anything in that place, um, but it is a, a way that, that we say thank you to God. And uh, he has shared his grace with us. This is a small way we can say thank you. So let's pray for our offering. Lord, we, we appreciate and know you take care of us. And we thank you for that. And we just uh, uh, pray that we will give uh, this money with cheerful hearts today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So before you do the announcements, Dan, you know, it's Dan's birthday. And we could do something lame like saying happy birthday to Dan, but... But I wanted to do more, so I wrote a song for Dan, <laughs> and and it's called the Dan Tony song. I'm sorry, that was, that was all I could come up with. So we're going to do that now, and you guys can join us on the chorus. Uh, we'll have the words up here anyway, so you can join us there. You used to play a lot of sports. You used to be a jock of sorts. Now you're getting injured in your sleep. Sometimes you're standing on your stairs, not sure if you're coming from or going somewhere. I guess that's just the way it happened when you turned 50. I don't know. When 50, you're turning 50. That means you're half a century old. 50. You're turning 50. What is it about these golden years that's gold? You once had quite a social life, hanging out with family, friends, your wife, but now your back goes out more than you do. That's the truth. <laughs> but I guess if I'm going to be fair, uh, at least you got some of your hair, and it's just not growing where it's supposed to. 50, 
You're turning 50. That means you're half a century old. 50. You're turning 50. What is it about these golden years that's gold? They say age is a matter of the mind, but the older you get, the more you find. That really doesn't seem to be the case. It pops, it cracks, it's stiff, it hurts. If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't work. The old body is the thing, sets the pace. Notice how he had to sit down to preach today. Yeah. 50, you're turning 50. That means you're half a century old. 50, you're turning 50. What is it about these golden years that's gold? As you age, three things happen, I'm told. First, they say your memory goes. Oh, 50, you're turning 50. That means you're half a century old. 50, you're turning 50. Just what is it about these golden years that's gold? One more time, 50, you're turning 50. That means you're a half a century old. Happy birthday, Dan. I'll be signing CDs out in the lobby.